Hola, que pasa, half a day, what's up, happy new year, all that good stuff, you guys. Once again, it's your girl, Jackie Ray, a.k.a. J. Ray the Fanatic. I just want to say really quickly, you guys, thank you so much for sticking with us and listening to this podcast. We took about a four-month break. We came back, and we thought we were going to have to regain our listeners, but not only did you guys stick with us, you gave us the highest downloaded podcast in Game On History, so we really want to thank you for that. Um, Timmy B. and I are going to come back midweek and talk about these ever so disappointing NFL playoffs. But before we do that, I think I have to address the elephant in the room because we also received the most direct messages we've ever received. And a lot of you guys are asking what happened to my NFL boycott. So I'm going to get into that right now with the person who initially joined on that boycott with me. So stay with us. Game on is right now. again, Taylor was supposed to be here um, for the very first episode of the new year, but I had some technical difficulties, but he is joining me now. For those of you who don't know, Taylor Reed is a good friend of mine. He's an actor, an MMA fighter, an entertainer, very handsome as well, as you can see. Um, (laughs) um, We actually met in Los Angeles, but Taylor lives in the ATL now. And why did you move out there? Atlanta is a place that, that is providing a whole lot, a lot of opportunities uh, for the industry that we're both in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my hometown, first and foremost. My family's here. My, my immediate network is here. And I feel like it's a lot stronger even than it was in L.A. So mm. I decided to, to jump on the opportunity horse and, and make the move back to, to Atlanta to, to seize hold of what's taking place here. Atlanta's your hometown? Yes. Then how, how are you an Eagles fan? So my uncle, his name is Reggie Wilkes. He played linebacker for the mighty Philadelphia Eagles. Ah. Um, <laughs> back in the back in the, the late seventies, um, through the eighties. So you know, growing up, uh, we rooted for the Eagles because he was a, he actually finished his career with the Falcons. Oh, okay. He was uh he was one of those ones that um. They traded him back to Atlanta. He he decided he wanted to finish his career here. They traded him back to Atlanta. So he played his last few years in the league um, with the Falcons. But by then, you know, it's yeah. too late. For those of you who don't know, um, I boycotted the NFL um, this season. And Taylor was the first one to hop in on that boycott with me. Um, obviously, for obvious reasons that I don't think we need to rehash. Although we might, because it seemed to once again be coming to the forefront again. But how did your boycott go this season? Was it hard for you? You know what? I If I had to answer yes or no, I'm going to say no, unequivocally. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I had come to terms with the fact that even though football was a large part of my life, um, both through playing football and then just being a football fan, mm-hmm. it doesn't it's, – It's at this point in my life, it's purely entertainment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me any money. It doesn't push the needle for me in any any aspect other than it being something that, you know, you do to kill time on Sundays just right. to be entertained and social. Right. So say I'm gonna give up, you know, something that you know, that they they've proven that they don't care about the community or communities that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. No, it, it wasn't hard at all. And I think I was a lot more productive. You know, because I wasn't concerned with or associated with football. Well, it's definitely hard for me, you know, because we have a whole football podcast. We have a sports show, 
you know, catered around yeah. it. We still, yeah. we, we still talked about it, you know, but then it's more, now I'm just talking stat. I will say this, my statistical knowledge went off the charts because, you know, now I don't have the visual stimulation. It was more, you know, statistical. However, um, I feel like you had statistical knowledge already though. I did. I did. But you know, now it's just more, I, I missed it. I'm not even going to lie. Like I missed it. I missed seeing the big plays. Um, uh, to my understanding, again, I didn't watch it, but Dez didn't do. And I've been a huge Dez critic his whole career. So to not be able to see him and really be able to criticize him correctly this hey, year. Dez been down for about three years, though. So well, throw that dab in there. <laughs> ooh, I'm not going to say three years now. Wait a minute. But, um, <laughs> but so, you know. Dez, Dez can't catch a cold. And he can't. Oh, now wait a minute. See, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will give you this. Dez, the reason I've always critiqued Dez and I've always had a problem with him is Dez does not do extra effort. It has to be rainbows and sunshine for him to catch a pass. Um, if he has to put in work to to get open, it's it's not going to happen. Dez is a loud four-cylinder engine masquerading as a V8. Okay, look. look we Okay. This is like this is like when you talk Dez, about your mom. Dez, like you, you ain't a cowboy fan. You can't talk about Dez like that. I can. No, because look, because look, Dez ain't ain't Michael Irvin. I agree, but see, it's conversations like this that I think I missed to be able to watch a game I on Sunday. This. We would do this. From yeah, time to time. yeah. So I, I missed that. Um, but for me as a whole, like I didn't, you know, I saved some money because you know I spent. St- stupid money on merchandise so yeah. i saved money um it like i said it kind of expounded my statistical knowledge a little bo- bit more so i didn't have that problem i will say this though um I'm, i am excited to know that the nfl did see a 9.7 percent decrease in viewership um they for each of their big games they had like one point, I think it's 1.6 million less viewers than they did last season. And, you know, last season viewership was declining as well. So they seem to be continuing that trend. I was proud of that. That being said, though, I am officially ending my boycott. Share more, share more on that, please. Okay. For me, it's because I personally don't think it's working, which kind of sounds and contradictory. I agree. Right. I agree, no, no, um, I agree with you. Please tell me more. The, those numbers declining are great. I think that those are awesome. I think that that, you know, if, if they we would have seen bigger numbers, then maybe I'd feel differently. But, you know, you also have racists, on the other hand, who who have no concern at all for our community. They well, have, I'm going to ask you, yeah. what, side of, what, side of the, what side of the fight is this is, decrease in viewership coming from? Exactly. Is it, is it our side, the people that are protesting? Right. You know, the, 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 the unfair treatment of, of minorities mm-hmm. and the subsequent non, non-action or reaction from the NFL? Or is it the racists that are protesting the the anthem right. and, and, and ridiculous arguments? Right. So, and I can't even tell you how it, it's countless. I actually have not. And I'm, I'm just I'm just checking myself mentally right now to make sure this is a true statement. I have not met a Caucasian person who remotely understands the protest, who remotely understands why it's valid or he who even understands why if there is a black person who just does not stand for the anthem either before or after this protest, they are justified because the anthem really wasn't written for them because we weren't even considered human at the time. So I fuck that anthem. 
you know, okay. Not, sorry, not sorry. Right. <laughs> that was what I was politically trying, you know, politically correctly trying to navigate to. But, you know, I'm sorry. more bluntly, I'm sorry. what Taylor said. I, I, I mean, <laughs> um, we the, the whole reason for the protest was to try because we're in a country where if the majority doesn't get it, we, we make up the smallest percentage of Americans, but we have, we're statistically more likely. I am more likely to get shot by a cop than ever running into ISIS. And so when I, when I hear white people who are more concerned about ISIS, that is, that's asinine to me. So for me, the protest isn't working. We, we are not, we are not making the majority do anything other than what the majority has always done. And for me, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. A different result. I think that, and I know you'll agree with this, as far as making a change with the NFL, we it's all economic for them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the, these visual protests mean little. They, they bring attention to it, but the way that change, yeah, the way to, to effectuate change in this, in this scenario is, is dollars. Right, you know, and if, if if the people who are protesting, you know, it, it's it's nothing to to be sitting here and you know you sitting in front of you turn the TV to another channel, right? But if you got Papa John's pizza sitting on the kitchen counter, and exactly. you got Budweiser beer in the refrigerator, mm-hmm. and you know you got, I love Wingstop. Right. If I got Wingstop wings, you know, sitting on the kitchen counter, I'm still supporting the NFL. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But they could care less about the, the the viewership. Like you said, it only tells a small part of the tale when it comes to getting the NFL to to buy into actually making changes. Exactly. And then at the end of the day, there's more of them than there are of us. There's more of the white majority than there are of black people. Right. Even though close to eighty percent of the NFL player wise is black. Absolutely. Um, owners are one hundred percent white. Yeah, one hundred percent. The people who pull the, pull the strings and the pe- people who call the shots are all white. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to do something as far as being more active with, um, in, in in black communities, they're not active in the communities that their players represent. Exactly. The places where the places where these injustices and these the, the violence that Colin Kaepernick began to protest and all of these other players decided to join a protest, mm-hmm. they come from these neighborhoods. That their players come from the neighborhoods where these injustices are taking place. Right. They, the owners and and the, the the top level personnel have the wherewithal to sit down with these players and say, "Hey, this is where you're from. What do we do to make a change?" They don't care. They See, don't and care. that and that's where I, it gets back to my point. I think and and I people get mad at me when I say that. I don't think the onus any longer because. The majority has proven that not only do they not care, they are never going to care. History has proven that. So I think at this point, the asking has got to stop. So for me, yes, it would be great if the NFL said, hold on, let's take a step back. 80% of our players are, are not potentially could be, are definitely factually affected by this. We need to... I mean, technically, from a business standpoint, it would be beneficial for the NFL just from a recruiting standpoint to make sure that these neighborhoods where they pull the most of their players from are safe, but they don't care. You know? So for me, it's like now it falls on the players and it falls on the black fans to say, okay, we need to pool our own dollars 
Um, I'm not buying Papa John's pizza. I somebody need to make a black beer. There needs to be some kind of black beer, some kind of black owned wing place, black owned pizza place. I'm not purchasing anything that doesn't directly benefit my community. We need to put our own dollars, our own resources back into our own community and affect our own change because we have seen that if we don't do it, they won't. So that's that's not kind of about I agree 1000%. For them, it's, it's what makes dollars. Right. If them not doing it, because we, we're we're a small percentage of the consumership, right. even though we're a large percentage of the, the, the personnel that provides the product that we're right. consuming. Right. If they have to ignore the injustices to appease a majority of the dollars, that's what they're going to do. Exactly. They have no choice to do that. Mm-hmm. Because they they they're looking at their money, they're looking at their bottom line. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I I totally understand you ending your boycott in the fashion that you're doing so, mm-hmm. and saying, okay, you know what? I'm a football fan, even in support of just the players themselves. I'm gonna watch the players, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna give my dollars to anything that will benefit ownership. Right. Players got the owners got to play to pay pay the players as long as they're going to be there. Exactly. If I can hit the owners in the pocket while forcing to, them to still be in a position to pay those guys that look like me, I'm right. cool with it. Yeah. Now I'm not I'm not I'm not going to buy any merchandise. I'm not I'm also not going to go to any games, and that's a big deal for us cowboy fans because we travel. Um, I'm not going to cowboy games. I am also not going to. I you know I used to purchase the NFL ticket so I could watch every single game I wanted to. Not doing that. I am, if I'm in a sports bar and it's on, I'll watch it, you know, because they're going to play it there anyway. But I'm not going to in any way, shape or form. I'm also going to make a very clear mental note of what sponsors the NFL is using. And I'm not, I'm not going to be a consumer of those products. So I'm going to boycott in that way. So technically I'm going to still continue my boycott, but I'm going to do it in a more financial way versus a viewership way. Which is smart. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's I feel like that's the way that it should have been done, mm-hmm. and you know I think you'll agree with me on this, and that the boycott was done hastily and mm-hmm. and, and without very much organization. Mm-hmm. There should have been a little bit more structure to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you look at the Montgomery bus boycotts, it was very structured and very deliberate. Right, how they went about you know creating that boycott. It wasn't just okay. We just gonna not ride the bus. No, right. it was it was very very detailed and sharp. Mm-hmm. They, they avoid public trans- transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, they caused a, a virtual shutdown right. of of the transit system in Montgomery, Alabama. Right. Once that happened, Montgomery, Alabama is not making any money for, through the transit, and they gotta make a change. Exactly. So I think the way that the way that you're going about continuing your boycott for the next season is the way that it mm-hmm. should have been done on mass right. as far as organizing workout. It's just turning the station. Eh? It's not, it's not, you know, it's not doing it's anything. Not, it's not going to do anything. Also in my boycott, you know, my NFL app was one of my favorite apps, but I removed that from a phone during this boycott and ESPN was my go-to for everything. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like I have to remove ESPN app. Um, so Way, way back in the day, there was um, this little show called First Take. You might have heard of it. That that was kind of like, you know, yeah, you watch SportsCenter or whatever. But First Take was really the show that kind of drew me into all things ESPN. And now I'm watching, you know, old school games, 30 for 30, all their programming. You know, that's what made me 
an ESPN connoisseur. Then, you, you know, in 2014, we have the Ray Rice situation and Stephen A. Smith, which forever will be, you know, he said some suspect things, you know, he, I feel like he's a little harsher on the black community than he is on the white community, but that's a story for another day. But he's still one of my favorite sports journalists, and he made a comment about the Ray Rice situation that I 1,000% agree with in that he felt that uh, Ray Rice's fiance could have prevented, you know, that whole incident had she not spit in his face, had she not provoked him, things of that na- nature. Michelle, she's one of the worst sports journalists, in my opinions. But she decides to say, she tweets that, you know, she she is appalled to hear from Stephen A. Smith that now she could cause her own beating. Yes, you can, people. There are cause and effect. You can cause your own demise. That is a thing. But because she tweets that, Stephen A. Smith is immediately suspended Um, and issues an apology. This is where I kind of lost respect for Stephen A. Smith because I felt like he should have handled it like Jamil Hill handled it. Like, nah, I mean, I get that this is what ESPN's going to do, but I I said what I meant, I meant what I said. He didn't take that approach, lost a little bit of respect for him, but he gained it back, you know, over time. So now you fast forward to we live in a world where Demon 45 is president. Um, Jamil has called him out on being the most moronic embarrassment demon that could be in office. She's absolutely 1000% correct. Not only did she get suspended by ESPN, they tried to fire her. And the only reason she didn't get fired is because her colleague was like, if she gets fired, I go too. So now their ratings are declining. They can't lose more programming. So they just did a suspension. Now you fast forward to this week. We have Katie Nolan, a white, uh, a white sports commentator, which I have no real opinion on. She's She's of no real consequence. I don't think she's good or or bad. Um, I like I like your timeline on this. Please keep going. Right? She keep going. she makes the almost the exact verbatim statement about Demon Forty Five as Jamil Hill did. I we all agree with her. She's not suspended though. She's issued a warning, and ESPN says they do not feel like she needs to be suspended. So either there is a it's okay if you're white clause in their policy and procedures or I don't, I don't know what the other or would be. I don't know. And I, I don't understand why we have these double standards for black people and white people. And I think in my personal opinion, <laughs> demon 45 has made it okay to do it this way. That's just, of course. this is, should come as no surprise. I mean, it's privilege. One on one. Mm-hmm. I, no shock at all for me that she's get, being given a different treatment than than Michelle is. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, and, and the, the thing that the thing that I've always stressed, um, and is that we can't continue to expect to be treated the way that they're treated. Mm-hmm. It's their system. We're trying to play their game in their system by their rules. Of course, right. we're going to be treated different. Right. Until we have a, a, a black sports network, mm-hmm. we can't expect to be treated any different. Of course, she wasn't suspended. Of course, she was only one because she's one of them. Mm-hmm. And she did it in a time where treatment for women is, is, is really, really sensitive mm-hmm. because there's so many cases of women being mistreated in the workplace mm-hmm. that I'm sure 
even though I totally agree that there's a racially motivated element, I'm sure that there's also an element that ESPN feared any backlash with, you know, women coming out speaking on how they were treated in the workplace. They were like, shit, we got to treat this sensitively because, you know, the last thing they want is another case of, you know, I think, who do they have? John Bouchergross may have just yeah. gotten got in trouble. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you got, got Matt Lauer just lost his job, yeah. you know, for being a creep. Um, you know, so much, and, and these are all terrible things that are being, that are taking place against women. You couple that with the fact that there's a racial element, of course she's going to be handled with, with, with feather gloves. Mm -hmm. They don't want that problem on their hands. Black women are the least appreciated and most mistreated people in any industry. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're, 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 black women are the lowest priority on any list. Mm -hmm. So... Hill is one of my favorite journalists, period, mm -hmm. across any element of journalism. Mm -hmm. I listen to her all day. Yeah. Her and Mike Smith. Yeah, they, they, and I they're mean, great chemistry together. It's a great show. I love it. I, that's what I want us. That's what I, I want me and you to be when we grow up. Right? <laughs> you know? Seriously. So, so much respect for what they do. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, like, I find myself, that they're kind of sort of the only reason that I'll even watch ESPN. Right. Because their program is a program that, that in so many ways relates directly to me. Absolutely. She's you know, and out, out here in Saipan, you know, I, I, I used to work for the news station out here. I don't. I've, I'm a media relations person now for another company. But same thing here. You know, the, there was an incident at, at my job where a, literally almost a physical altercation was was happening um, between two other coworkers. One was white. One was um native of of saipan absolutely nothing happened to either one of them i bring up a point about the fault truly the fault of the station out here and all of a sudden it's like oh well, you know what you're not a good journalist prior to that it was like you're doing such a good job you have so many talents but you call out one thing of the white owner and then all of a sudden it's this oh no you know maybe you would be a better fit somewhere else and, and to me, it was like all of a sudden, and, I'm, and I know every black person out there is going to know this because every parent, every black parent that I've ever encountered has always said this. My dad, my mom used to always tell me, you have to work twice as hard to get half the credit. And, and I think that that needs to be our, our understanding of the world we live in. And it should be on the forefront of all of our mind. That's why I love what LeVar Ball is doing with this junior basketball league he's doing, you know, yeah. because that's going to be you know, a black owned situation. And I think we have to put ourselves that we create our own narrative instead of living within the narrative that they want us to live in, that we'll never, they, they don't even want us in it in the first place. So we're constantly, we're like trout swimming upstream. Like it's always going to yeah. be like that until we create our own situation. So I got to get rid of the ESPN app. I can't completely boycott it because I do like SC six. And obviously we just talked about how much I love the show. So I'm gonna have to at least watch that, but I'm deleting that damn app. <laughs> I just had a conversation with, um, a good friend of mine. Um, his name is Jason Warner and he's mm -hmm. head of a project called own the vision. Uh, excuse me. They have a program called give 12 and, and what they're doing is seeking to get a hundred thousand people. Mm hmm. To, to give $12 a month to, for this program. Mm. Um, what they're going to do with that is provide seed money and startup money for 
um, entrepreneurships um, for startup businesses and you know for people who present business plans who need the capital to, to, to get it up and running. Oh, okay. um, he just raised a beautiful point and, 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 and then to, to, to all the listeners, I want them to, to check that out. His name is Jason Warner. Um, look up on the vision. He's on Facebook, so so follow that. Mm-hmm. Shameless plug to my bro. Um, what people have to realize is they're they're not going. We're we're trying to what we're doing as black people, as far as infrastructure is concerned. We're trying to 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 redecorate and add rooms onto a house with a shitty foundation. Mm. So, you know, that's that. And that's where I'm at with it. And that's why I was like, OK, you know, just simply not watching the NFL is not going to cut it. Um, like I said, I am going to. And I, and I really do hope um, we revisit how we boycott. I'm all for boycotting. Um, it needs structure. Just like exactly. you said. It's got to have structure. It's got to have structure. And it's got to have direction. And it's got to have a timeline. Exactly. That's 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 the way a, 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 a boycott works. I, I just, you know, I was being facetious when I posted it, but I said on Facebook the other day, I'm boycotting boycotts. Right. So that being you know said, I mean? are you going to continue not watching or what are you going to do next season? What are you going to do through the playoffs? I, are you going to watch the playoffs at all? Your Eagles are in it. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm actively boycotting watching anymore. I, I got to tell you about going to the game, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say that, but I just, am, it's not a priority. You know, if I'm yeah. sitting, put it like this, if I'm sitting down, you know, watching TV and I'm scrolling, you know, I'm scrolling through channels and, and, you know, it's on, you know, maybe, but it's not going to be one of those things. I don't think it ever can be. I think this yeah. one year of not participating it's like it's not something that matters to me very much. Yeah, it's it's gone so low on the priority list that you know I catch highlights mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I I I talk trash about the game, but it just it's not one of those things that matters as much. Right. You know, it's like it's like out of sight, out of mind. Once it's been gone, you you discovered that I don't really need it, so I definitely won't go back to. Oh man, I got to be home at this time, and I got to right. you know record right. this, and I. Gotta, no. Now I am, um, like I said, I, I love going to games. Obviously, while I'm here in Saipan, that's not going to happen. But I probably will be back on the mainland by regular season next season. Yeah. I love going to games. One of my concerns, though, is if I go to a game, like what kind of backlash am I going to get? Because I'm not. Sta- I mean, it's not even just at games. I'm not standing for the anthem, and I just I'm concerned being not in that setting. Me. What that'll be like? Let me let me let me tell you my personal experience <laughs> about that. So, I was fortunate enough to go to the Atlanta Falcons versus New Orleans Saints. Oh, okay. Now, if, 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 if I, w- I went to that regular season game early December. Now, if that demographic, as far as white America, doesn't say <laughs> Trump, yeah. I don't know what it does. Yeah. I couldn't wait to get there and sit down for that damn anthem. Couldn't wait. I'm so scared, you know what I mean? Because I don't have the stand down gene. I went live on Facebook. Oh my goodness. I was ready because I just knew that somebody was going to say the wrong thing. Yeah. I was about to be getting carried out of the dome. I was prepared for that. Yes. It was completely anticlimactic. I felt good about the fact that I stuck to my principles. Right. And I'm pretty sure I was looking around. I was trying to make eye contact with somebody. Like, hey, look. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Planted, feet planted, yeah. Uh, uh, ass planted, feet feet kicked up, yeah. Drink in my hand, 
sipping with my phone, broadcasting on Facebook Live, showing the camera around. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I was prepared for, for for the worst. To be honest, I just knew somebody was going, you know, have something slick to say, and you know, I was ready to take off. I had running shoes on, and nobody even said anything. Nobody said a word, and I wasn't the only one sitting down. I would, okay, that's I, good. I would venture to say, but this is Atlanta, so it's it's a black city. Mm-hmm. Um, I venture to say that, you know, looking at the like the demographic of the crowd. I'd say half of the people in there were sitting down. Oh, well, that's good to hear. And, and, and I would I would say that out of that half of the people, a lot of those people probably weren't sitting down because they were protesting. They were just sitting down because they were just, hey, I'm in my seat. I'm chilling. <laughs> right. people, you know, people, regret, people fail to remember that the, 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 the whole championing of the anthem didn't start taking place until 2009. Correct. When... The Department of Defense cut a contract with the NFL. They paid Correct. them yep. to make the anthem more of a production mm-hmm. to, to to increase enrollment in mm-hmm. armed services mm-hmm. and to, to, to try to drum up patriotism. Yep. That, once again, is a capitalistic move. It's got everything to do with money right. and nothing to do with the things that people are making it about. Absolutely. Tell everybody really quick, because we're running a little long, but um, your friend's website um, or his... Yes. Tell them, tell people that again one more time. Own the vision. My buddy, Jason Warner, shout out to him. Um, you can find him on Facebook. His name is Jason L. Warner. He also has a, a Facebook group dedicated to, to, to this project. Um, it's, once again, it's called Own the Vision. Um, if, you, if you hashtag Own the Vision on Instagram, um, hashtag Give12, there's a lot of information about it. People can register for it. They can sign up on it. And it's, it's a really, really detailed and intricate project that he's doing. Um, I'm going to be teaching some online courses for it. Um, and then he's providing avenues for people who want to get into entrepreneurship um, to do so and um, get the financial capital to do so. You know, a lot of, a lot of times in our community, um, we have people who have brilliant ideas mm-hmm. um, and, and are, are capable and willing to do the work. They just don't have the infrastructure or the capital to do so. Right. Go and check it out. Yes. Go and check it out. Please check that out. And where can they find you? Tell everybody your Instagrams and all that good stuff. Instagram is the samurai at T-H-E underscore S-A-M-U-R-A-I. You can find me on Facebook, Jaguar Reed. I'm funny on social media. He is funny so. on social media. And, he, and ladies, he's <laughs> handsome. So, I mean, you know, if you're out here in Saipan where there's no black people and you just need a quick fix, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just go check out Jaguar Reed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I will be, I'll Over be, there. I'll be watching the playoffs and I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be. So for those of you who are into football, you know, hang tight. We're going to be on twice a week, every week. And obviously we're going to have Taylor Reed back. So make sure you join us. Make sure you check me out on all things social media at JRayTheFanatic or just go to JRayTheFanatic.com. And we will see you guys later this week. Mm-hmm.